But we have the Chereaux all the way from the city of Nantes, France. So let's hear it for them and let's welcome them this morning. Amen? Good to have you guys. Man, what wonderful people these wonderful folks are, and uh, we have uh, the opportunity, and one of the things that we talk about a lot o- around here, and one of the things that we speak about is, is that your continued faithfulness as you share uh, uh, the financial blessings that God has given you, as you are faithful and you continue to support this church, we continue to support other uh, mission works, and we're going to be supporting the Chereaux as well, as they are just about ready to go back. Now, you guys right now are living in Oklahoma. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, we live in Oklahoma City, uh, Moore, Oklahoma City. Yes. Exactly. We are on the campus of Randall University, and uh, we're taking um, class on the time we are here. They offer us a house. They offer us a family. They offer us a place to stay because we are not from U.S., so we don't have any home. We can call home, but now we have one. It's uh, Randall University, and we are glad to be there and uh, taking study and meeting new people. And I've got to say, <clears throat> this man, Jonathan Chereau, and his wife, Michelle, here, Jonathan is taking uh, classes at a college-age level in not his first language, not his second language, but his third language of English. And I told him, I was like, I haven't even got a second language, much less at a college. I'm not sure I got a college level in my first language, right? So he's doing a great thing. He's passionate about that. And I wanted to just share who we're talking about. You can see Jonathan, Michelle, you see Zoe there. I know is the middle daughter. And you notice there, there's a little sign that says Olivia. Was she in your belly at that time? No, okay, all right. I didn't know when the picture got taken, but she is a part of the family, just not in that particular picture. But I did want to just share these uh, pictures real quickly with you as we go to uh, a couple here. Let's go to our next one. Yes, this is the little one. And we couldn't have them here in Houston without taking them for Tex-Mex, right? Amen? And so this is Olivia, and I want you to know, like, that whole thing of green salsa with one single chip. I mean, that was what was the most impressive. If you've ever been to Gringo's with my wife, you know the very first thing she says is, she says, I'll take water with lime and an extra green sauce right away. Like that's what, that look on her face is the same one when I say, Shelly, could you pass me the green sauce? She looks at me the exact same way. So I, I have a special place in my heart for this little gal, 18 months old, right? Okay. And how old is Zoe? She's 10 years old. Zoe is 10 years old. Reminds me so much of Tori. And then Inoa is? Yes, Inoa is six. Is six. Okay, very good. Now, I do, I'm sorry to be the purveyor of all these terrible tabloid type things, but this young lady here is maybe, y'all need to be aware that she's been hanging out with a young man at Summit Fellowship there on Randall University campus. Uh, (laughs) He's a troublemaker. Aww. <laughs> What's that? He's a troublemaker. He is a troublemaker. <laughs> Takes after his lolly that way. But yes, maybe those two together, we'll see what happens in the future. We may be missionaries-in-law or something. I don't know exactly what that might look like since I'm... But as you know, that's my grandson. He's 
almost 12 months old. She's 18 months old, and they're buddies at the, uh, at the campus. So uh, we love having them uh, as a part of Mitch and Taryn's church plant, and you guys are a blessing there. Uh, they, they love you, and, and they tell us all the time what a blessing it is to have you guys as a part of things. Now, now I want to just put up a, 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 a map real quickly, uh, if, we don't, if you don't mind, of Nantes, where Nantes is. And you can just kind of tell us where is Nantes in France and about how far is it from some of the places that we know about. Okay, so um, we have uh, realized that actually France is the size of Texas, so where we are right now. So when we first discovered that, it was like kind of surprising for us because for us, obviously, France, it's really big, you know. And um, so we are in the west coast um, you, you can, where you can see the arrow. And we have the nearest beach is, um, I think, 40 minutes or so. And um, I don't know much about the population. I know that it's the 10th um, like important city in, um, in, the whole, in France. Uh, but we actually have our little church is in San Sebastian. And it's um, about 15 minutes, I will say, uh, from Nantes. But the, the, um, the biggest... Biggest um, city is Nantes. I'm, I'm sorry, we're having a little bit of problems with. It's not you. It's uh, it's our spot <laughs> there. But um, I just also wanted to kind of go into y'all's history a little bit because you don't really have the normal, you know, French boy meets French girl kind of no, thing going on, right? So, how did you guys meet? Tell us a little bit about your background. Your background. And uh, all of those things that are kind of what God's used to bring you guys together. So, I am not French, as you can say. I'm from Ecuador, uh, originally. And I moved to Spain when I was 14 uh, with my family. And, um, yeah, I did my studies there. And then I met Jonathan. He is French. Um, so we met each other through a youth exchange where some Free Will Baptist churches around um, France came to my church in, in Madrid, in Spain. So that's how we met. And then we, we kept um, like kind of a friendship because he was in France. And he was going to a ship, actually. He, he went to a ship for two years. And, um, and then we kept in contact, we emailed each other, and then we, we started a relationship, and then um, we married. And <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. I was going to say, you hung out long enough here in the United States to know that the rest is history. Oh, yeah. but, but you also have a background in culinary uh, culinary school and working yeah. as a chef and stuff mm -hmm. like that, is that right? Yes, I was... Um, I was in culinary school for four years almost to be a chef in France, and that's why I did for 10 years of my life almost yeah. as a chef. Um, but you, you hadn't necessarily gone to any schooling, but you did something I felt like was incredible, and I really wanted to honor you on that because you said that there was a, a minister or a pastor that stepped away and that you stepped into that void of not having anyone to take care of preaching each week. Yeah. And you preached for every single week for about two or three years without really ever having been formally trained or anything like that. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, our pastor is Robert Bryan. He's a missionary from Oklahoma. And 
he was going to retire, so he left the church, and we have nobody to take over as pastor. So we've built a team together with other couples, and life goes on, and more and more, and uh, COVID eat friends. I don't know if you have COVID here, but we have COVID in France. We didn't have it here. We, no, we just skipped it in Texas. We said, nah. That was good. <laughs> you didn't arrive there. But we, we have lockdown. We have trouble with church. And all our leader team left our church. So we were staying by ourselves, just Michelle and I. And like every Sunday, I have to go on a pulpit and preach. And I have no studies, nothing. I don't know how to preach. I didn't know how to anything so I was like do the best that I can it was not the best one and um, I'm still learning right I'm not the best preacher in the world but that's where we're going right now and I was doing this for three years almost until I came here so that's where I was well and, and you're doing some of that at Randall where you're doing some training but also part of what we do with our missionaries that are part of the Free Will Baptist denomination is we bring them back because you stay over there in a foreign country, you can miss all of your life that's happening back here in the States. And so, um, and, and also folks here want to connect with the folks that they're supporting financially and praying for. And so, like uh, a few different reasons to come back, but you guys are making the best of your opportunities and being a blessing. And, and no joke, my, my son-in-law, my, my daughter talk mm. all the time about what a blessing it is to have you and your family as a part mm. of their church. And uh, what a blessing you are here. What a blessing you're training to be even there. And uh, what a blessing you've already been keeping that church afloat and uh, keeping it going. So I want to honor that. I want to respect that. And <clears throat> also, I want to say I'm sorry that I cooked for you the other day. And you're a chef. Uh, so that'll never, ever happen again. Uh, Best take ever in ah. my whole life, so I, I live it. <laughs> yes, I bribed her. I know what you're thinking. That is true. <laughs> but uh, you have just such a wonderful family. So what Thank I want to do is I'm going to dismiss the kids in just a minute. But I do want to show a video that runs for about a minute and a half, two minutes, and just gives you a little bit of a sense of some of the ministry that they're doing over there and, uh, and some of the things that they're accomplishing there in the city of Nantes, France, and uh, just being a blessing there. So let's check that out if you don't mind. Merci. Merci à tous pour votre soutien. Merci beaucoup. Merci à tous de nous soutenir. Merci. Merci à tous de nous soutenir.
So uh, let me go ahead and ask for the kids to be dismissed and the teens to be dismissed. But before you go, just letting you know that they've got a table out there in the cafe. Go by, grab a pen or a card there so you can stay connected to them. And the wonderful thing is that the Chiros are going to be here today and they're going to be sharing dinner with us. So please get around. Welcome them. They've had all of Randy and Shelly that they want. Please get around, welcome them, give them a chance to meet some other wonderful Texans. And uh, thank you, kids and teens, for being a part of today's service already. So I did want to just kind of shift gears a little bit because, you know, we think a lot about Europe and the countries in Europe being, you know, all of these beautiful cathedrals and all of this stuff. But really, that's not the full story of spirituality in Europe in 2024. It's very different just because we see Notre Dame and these beautiful, you know, La Sagrada Familia from Barcelona and stuff like that. All of these beautiful, you know, uh, cathedrals, they don't tell the story of what's really going on spiritually for Europeans in 2024. Can you guys talk a little bit about that? Okay. Uh I say is one pastor we met in Columbus, Ohio. He told me one day, he said, so strange because Paris is a city of light, as everybody knows. There's so much darkness around. And I feel it was the right image about what's happening in Europe, especially in France. You know, we have a Catholic background. It's very strong. And um, we have 62% of people saying they are Catholics. And you can imagine it's just cultural. Let's just go to church for baptisms, infant of baptisms, just go for wedding or funeral. That's all they do. Like I said, even don't, don't believe in God. They don't go every Sunday. And uh, that's where we are right now. And um, us is like Protestants, like 1.23% of Protestants saying, I'm Christ followers in France. 1.23. You can imagine it's like if you have 100 people in one room, would be one of them would be Christian, and 99 of them would be non-Christian around us. That's where we grow up. That's why I grew up also. And I've, I don't know if I have a blessing. I don't know if I have my life, but I grew up in a Christian family and very strong uh, Protestant family. So I don't know nothing about Catholics. So everybody's shocked when I say this. I say I'm French, but I don't know nothing about Catholicism. I don't know nothing. You can tell me, ask me something. I won't say I don't know. And um, like this, but. I grew up in a Christian family. My grandfather was a pastor in a Pentecostal church, and uh, my father was like the right hand of my pastor for a Baptist. So I grew up in this environment, but when you're a youth and you get uh, bullied because you're Christian, because they say Christian is bullied, it's stupid to be Christian in France. And um, me, I stepped away from my faith quickly, and I guess, and, uh, I was raised in church, but I was not raised in Christ. I would say, eh, I step away from my church quickly, and I say, I don't want to be bullied anymore. I want to be cool. I want to be a guy, normal guy. So I say, I don't want this. So I reject this, and I walk in, in a faith that you can imagine, like young people do, stupid stuff, drugs, alcohol, and like this. And I thought it was life until God bring me back again to his side and I realized this and I commit myself again to Christ. And from that day on I say I give back to Christ when I waste on my youth. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm right now. That's why I think I'm right now and that's where we're going to. But that's where we are right now in Europe, you know, it's, it's a few. But the good thing is, is 
since few years now, the numbers are growing. So we're like less than 1% a few years ago. I don't know when. But right now, we're 1.23%. So we're growing. So we are happy. We're excited about it because people are coming to church. Man. It's exciting news. You know, before we like to go out and bring people to church, now people are coming to church on the basic week. Like every week we have new people. Our church grew up from 20 to, we're like 40, 45 people on Sunday morning right now. So we double size and, um, and it's keep coming. It's exciting news, you can't imagine. And it's so exciting. I told Michelle one day, I said, maybe we, we need to stay here because the church is growing without us. So <laughs> maybe uh, we stay in Texas, in Galveston, in the beach house somewhere. But I don't know, but that's where we are right now. And it's, it's hard to be Christian in France, in Europe, but is it worth it? Yes, 100%, because we know the truth. And you know the truth will set you free and set the French free, and we want to work on it. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I did want to just kind of give you an opportunity to say something about that because I think there's a misconception that Europe is mainly, uh, you know, a Christian nation, you know, made up of Christian nations, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just really not the case. And you're doing a lot of teaching. I think we've got some pictures of you doing some teaching with the kids, and that's probably very rewarding as well. Uh, this is, I think, if, if you want to... I don't know if you guys can see some of the pictures that uh, we have here, but uh, some of just the church family. Can you go back to the one that had the window on that? Uh, I didn't know what, is this the outside of where your church building is, uh, or pardon me, your church is meeting in this particular building, is that right? Okay, very good. And uh, then we've got a number of pictures of you uh, teaching the kids and that kind of thing. That's got to be very rewarding. Um, we do every Wednesday, um, we do our outreach event uh, that is called Kids Connection and it's um, something that uh, we offer um, to, the, to the kids uh, of our community. Um, so we said, hey, we're going to have uh, a whole day, you know, with English uh, activities and a story, crafts, um, sing, uh, songs, we, we are going to sing songs and um, they said, okay, but one of the interest, interesting things that they always ask us is like, okay, so, but you're going, are you going to talk about God? Because I don't want you, you know, to, uh, to talk to my kids about God. We said, hey, this is, um, like free, um, free English lessons or free fun. So no, we're not going to talk about God. Um, we just want to, you know, um, to offer something to the community, and that's um, that's our, you know, um, our little thing, you know, to give to the San Sebastian community. And but the, the interesting thing um, about this is that um, they, when they step into the church, um, they ask us some questions. So that I know that that um, these are the um, the prayers. Um, because they, they first say, oh, no, I don't want you to, you know, to talk about God or whatever. Um, but they start to ask us questions, you know, okay, so what do you, you do for a living? And when we said that he's a pastor, oh, okay, so what is, what is a pastor? It's like, and we have to, you know, make connections um, to, you know, uh, yeah, it's like for the Catholic, the priest, but it's not really because they, they, don't, they don't know. They don't know what a pastor is. 
So, and it's, it's really, um, for me, it's, it's like a blessing because I, I love English and I love kids. So um, I wanted to do that uh, for a living and now um, I'm doing that for the Lord. And this is, a, this is really uh, a blessing for me. Um, and yeah, that's what we are doing right now with um, our church. Well, and, and one of the things that that reminds me of is, you know, when you go fishing, I know that some of you guys are fishermen, uh, you bait the hook, you know, you, you have that out there, and we are called to be fishers of men, and so they get to know who you are, they realize that you are a normal person, that you're, you know, not doing anything crazy or wild other than following Jesus, and, you know, when they see that, they give you guys the opportunity to be a blessing to their kids, but also later for them personally, and that's, and that's awesome. So let me ask you a quick question. What's the latest for you guys? I know uh, we're, we're wrapping up here, but um, what is the latest for you guys? What's the plan going forward? I know there's a big meeting tomorrow uh, as well. So anything that you'd like to share uh, as, uh, you know, pertaining to the ministry? And then I believe up here on our middle screen, you've got that way of following the Shiro's with Facebook. And you can keep up with what's going on with them even when they do leave here in the United States and go back to France. You can still keep up with what's going on for them in their ministry by following them in that way. And also, out there on the front uh, table that's in the cafe, if you feel particularly led to be a blessing to their ministry specifically, you can do that. You can give and donate here. It will go on your giving statement, but go every single dime to them. Now, we will be supporting as a church, but if you specifically feel the Lord touching your heart and you want to be involved in that and you say, you know what, I feel like I'd like to give $25 a month or $50 a month or whatever it might be, you can do that. Please do that because we know that the church goes forward. It costs money to do that. You've got expenses. You've got people's salaries to pay and various things like that. So if you feel particularly led to be a blessing to the Shiro's and be a faith partner, not only in prayer, but also in financial support, you can do that. So maybe I should have let you do it. I don't know. You probably could have done a better job, but uh, you can do that and be a part of their ministry in that way. Tell us what the timeline looks like and what the plans are going forward, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, the plan is to go back to France. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> That's the plan right now. We, we're going every weekend on the road. We, we're sharing with churches around. We are about 97% of our budget right yeah, now. That's so great. it's like we need a, still need $250 a monthly support coming up to our accounts. So when this $250 arrive to our accounts on monthly support, so like every month people are giving, um, we have green light to go back. So it's exciting. And um, we have a big meeting tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be about. We, I'm anxious all weekend about it. I don't like when people say, I want to talk to you, but Monday. I say, oh, yeah, thank you. It's the worst. <laughs> talk to me now. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know yet, but the plan is we may have to come back early. We don't know yet. The plan was supposed to be until May and uh, finish the semester in Randall University, pack up, and go back to France. That was our original plan. I don't know if we're going to be moving forward or not because the church has some issues. We, our team in France have some issues. They need help. And uh, we are suffering to be here when our team is suffering in France. So right now, so 
I don't know yet. I can't tell you. Like next week, I'm going back to France. That won't be that won't be the case. But uh, maybe next month or the months after, we didn't know yet. So right now, we just enjoy our time here. Enjoy to getting Eagle High Church this weekend, having a good time with you all, y'all. And Yay, uh, there you go. yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay now. So, but that's our plan and. Getting to know more people, connecting with more people, more and more people. The more people we have is good. So we don't want to say, I just want to uh, $250 a month and that's it. I'm cutting everything and everything happening after. I don't want to know them or I guess. The more we have, the better it is because our account don't go down and we can stay more time in your friends and just come back here for three months and say, hey, we're good. Thank you so much. We're going back. Yeah. And I guess and not, not stressing about financial support like this is a big thing when you're missionaries it's when they call you back they say you have to go back because your account is not good and you have to go again put pause on your ministry put pull on people you know because it's like one year and a half i don't see the people on the video and i get emotional when i see the video right now because i miss them so much and uh, we want to go back to them and uh, so that's our plan i don't know if you want to add something or <laughs> well, we're excited for you guys. We're excited that y'all came here. Um, for those of you who don't know, the nearest uh, consulate from Oklahoma City is Houston, Texas. And so they were coming down here, and we've been planning for about a month for them to come and be a part of today and uh, be a part of things with you guys. But what I want to do is I want for us as a family to pray for them as they leave and go. They're not leaving now, but as they leave and go back to France, pray for the meeting to be according to God's will. He mentioned, um, Brother Jonathan just mentioned a minute ago, that their team is struggling. There's, there's health concerns, there's mental health, there's different things, there's problems that happen. And when that stuff happens, you're reminded that God does God's work with God's people. And we're frail. You know, we, we can become broken in our bodies, broken in our minds, our hearts, and have difficulties. So when that stuff happens, we look around and we say, well, who's going to step into the void? This is what they've done in the past. This is what they're going to be doing going back. And we're grateful for that because, honestly, God's work continues on through God's people continuing to be faithful and to step into the void and to step into the gap and make up that hedge. And so I hope that you guys will continue to pray for the Shiroz as they go, as they minister, as they're a blessing. And in the midst of it all, that, that they would know that the Lord is with them and that they would feel that protection and that those needs of the financial sort would get provided because uh, it sure is a whole lot easier to focus on the spiritual needs when you don't worry about every single dollar and dime going uh, and, and getting each and every need met. So we do want to be praying for them. We want to be supportive of them, and uh, we want to do that together. So church family, would you guys stand with me together, and uh, would you all just kind of extend your hands to the Shiroz, and let's pray for them together. And uh, in, in you doing this, this is your way of sharing in their ministry as God leads them, as he takes them from us here and sends them back out to be a blessing where they can bless and minister in amazing ways. So thank you, church family. Let's pray for them right now together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jonathan and Michelle and the girls. We give you praise and glory for the way that they have seen the need and stepped forward into the need 
knowing that you provide our every need. And God, you most often do that through your people, through your Holy Spirit, giving us what we do not have and yet making up for the lack that we have. And I just would pray that each and every need would be provided that you would bless the meeting tomorrow with the International Missions Department, that you would give them the strength that they need as they come forward and go as you have commanded all of us to do. And Lord, as they go, make them a blessing. Give them all that they need emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally, and make our church the blessing that we are called to be and make us partners with them in this great commission work. And so, God, as we continue to send them out, I pray that you would make them a blessing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's message is going to close our time in the Forward Teaching Series. And I know if you have a watch or a cell phone, you know what time it is. I want you to know I have a watch and I have a cell phone. I also know what time it is. We're going to get there and we're going to get where we're going quickly, okay? So if we can... If you would like to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, they're going to be up on the screen a little bit. But it is Paul's writing to Timothy, talking to him about fighting the good fight of faith. And so very quickly, I just want to share this something to learn, and then we'll talk about where we've been. So this something to learn tells us that Paul wrote to Timothy. They'd worked in ministry together for, for probably 15 to 20 years. There's probably about a 30-year age gap in their ages. And all those are approximate. They're not perfect, but close. And Paul told him, let no one look down on you because you were young. But inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul also challenged Timothy to set right priorities and keep moving forward in his relationship with God and in his service to him. He was not satisfied that Timothy was just simply a leader of a church or a great and faithful ministry partner. He told him, keep going, keep moving, and keep going and moving ahead. So let's go to our next slide, and as we do, this is where we've been. We've talked about changing your mindset. We've talked about forgiveness and how to set and maintain momentum. And then we've talked about last week going forward in your relationships. I could go on and on, and this is not just simply a teaching series that began at uh, uh, the new year and is all about the new year. It is about instead the growth that we need to be exhibiting as people who follow the Lord. But today, as we bring this to a close, we're going to talk about forward in our priorities and in contentment. And I want to talk to you. I put a little asterisk there next to contentment because most of us tend to think that there's some sort of holiness in being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lazy. <laughs> because ultimately, we get to a place in our lives where we get to a satisfied place and we say, ah, it's harder to keep moving forward than it used to be. And I can tell you as I've gotten a little older, uh, maybe some of you can give me an amen if you're in my area, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep going. It takes a little more effort, takes a little more energy, takes a little bit more to get going. It's not exactly automatic. Can I get an amen? I mean, some of you guys know. And uh, if you don't yet know, it's coming. I'm just warning you, okay? But here's what we know. We know that God did not call us to reach a certain point and then stop and put our feet up. And even as Paul writes to Timothy, keep going, Keep fighting the good fight of faith that he writes here in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that we're going to read in just a brief moment. I want to encourage you 
that contentment is being happy with where you are while you're there, but knowing there is yet more to come. And that is very, very important because we can become lazy in lots of areas of our lives, including mentally lazy, spiritually lazy, and not growing in the way that God would have us to do. And so I encourage you, do not ever let that be a characteristic for you. Keep fighting the good fight. And this is what he's talking about in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to read about six or seven verses here, um, and then, uh, I guess eight, and then we'll keep speaking about what we're sharing. Real quickly, here's what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, but as for you, O man of God, flee from these negative things that he's just talked about. Instead, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. And then he says these immortal words, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandments unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which, uh, with which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen nor can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion forever. Amen. And then he says, and as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but set their hopes on God who richly provides with everything for us to enjoy. There to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation of the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly Life, And I want to emphasize that last verse there. So that all of us may take hold of that which is truly life. And you know as well as I know that it is very difficult for us to keep moving forward and keep having a fascination and wonder with life. How many of you guys have ever heard the term somebody got jaded? You can fill in their blank. Well, so and so, and so they got jaded. They, they've gotten a little too long in the tooth and they've stopped looking at life as something that is exciting or interesting or something that they get passionate about. And they just can have something great happen to them and that just get jaded and it doesn't seem to affect them the way that it should. I never want us to be jaded and I never believe that God would have us as his children to be jaded with the blessings that he gives to us. And even Paul here writes to Timothy, a young man, and he says, don't ever stop fighting the good fight of faith. And I just want to share with you very quickly as we keep moving here, I believe, let's do the Tolstoy quote if you don't mind. I want to share this with you, and this is so important. Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. For many of us, the truth is, is that we think, well, if I could just have this thing or if I could just earn that, or if I could just possess this, or if I could just have that Mr. Mrs. Right, whoever they might possibly be. We think all of the good things that we need in our life is out there. 
But the truth is, is that most of the time, the thing that will change your life most is not out there. It is right in here. And when we give ourselves to the change that God wants us to become and have an experience in our lives, things begin to change in dramatic ways. Let's keep moving here. And I believe maybe the next one is the big idea. Is that right? Hey, there we go. All right, so here is the big idea as you take it away today. Satisfaction is found in moving forward. And I want to talk a little bit about this. I don't want you to think that, well, Randy says the only way I can ever move forward is to accomplish all this. It's not that. It's not that. I just want us to make sure that we grasp that as we grow, there is fulfillment and enjoyment and satisfaction as we move forward in every area of our lives. And if we refuse to do that, life becomes very boring, very sane, very stale. And it's not a great existence, no matter how good the level of existence is. Now, I'm going to stop for a second, and I'm going to stop and make some eye contact here with you guys. Have you all ever experienced that? Where you have it better than you ever thought you'd have it, and yet it still doesn't feel like the joy that it was supposed to bring? You know, and then you get a little more, and it still doesn't bring joy like you thought it would. And you kept thinking it was something more that would fill that hole, but it's not something more. It's something different that you need and that I need. And so no matter where we are, the satisfaction is growth, not gain, so to speak, if that makes sense. So as we talk here today, I want to just talk about satisfaction is found in moving forward. And if you guys would share that with me and say that with me on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Satisfaction is found in moving forward. So as we've shared the big idea, I want to just talk very quickly about something. Let's go to not the first atomic habit, but the second one. They have found that science will tell you if you are at about 4% beyond your current ability, rather than just staying the same and not trying anything new, but also not trying 50% more than you can handle, but if you will have that sweet spot of about 4 to 5% of growth in your life, your life will feel challenging enough, but yet not this ridiculous discomfort and feeling like you're overwhelmed. But for most of us, We've had things given to us early on in life where growth was pushed upon us in schools. And so we just assumed that eventually, you know, we would just keep learning all that we needed to learn. But the truth is, is that once formal education stops, real life begins, we can maybe learn a few things and then spend the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years in a position or a job or something like that, a career, even a relationship where we don't ever really actually move forward as people. And then we wonder why we have this level of dissatisfaction when things are still so good when you look around. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? You understand? So I encourage you that satisfaction is found as you move forward. And this is not just my opinion. This is not just science. This is God's word. As Paul speaks to a young man and says, as your life is before you, whatever you do, don't stop fighting the good fight of faith. Keep doing the things that are important and keep making a difference and making an impact. And how many of you guys remember in 2 Timothy where Paul writes his most personal letter ever and he writes the words, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
And since that is true, there is something waiting for me on the other side of this death that I don't fear because I know that when I cross that river, there, there is something that is waiting for me on the other side that I am gonna be proud of and there is a savior there that is gonna be proud of the life that I lived, living, moving forward up to the very end. And so I encourage you, I will say this, I've said this plenty of times, if you're still here, God still has something for you to do, all right? If you're still breathing air, then that means God's still got a plan for your life. Now, I can't tell you exactly what that is, but here's what I would know. I would know that if you have decided, I can't figure it out, so I'm just gonna sit here, then you are not experiencing the joy that God would have you to experience being a follower of Christ. And so joy, satisfaction, and true contentment is found in forward motion as you move forward in your faith as you continue to pour into other lives as you are a blessing as you fight the good fight of faith as you help others who go where you cannot and support others that do what you cannot do there's going to come a time where i'm 70 80 years old if the if the lord lets me live that long and i still want to be engaged with what he is doing even if i can't do it the way that i used to Nowadays, I still don't have the same level of go as I used to when I was 20 or 30, but I still need to be involved in what God is doing and what he's called me to do. And if I will, there's satisfaction there. There's contentment and joy there. If I refuse, there's nothing but jadedness that is awaiting me. And I don't want that. And I don't want that for you. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna talk about very quickly, and I'm gonna mention these three questions that I've mentioned almost every week, and then we're gonna hit uh, some things at the very, very end. So let's go to three questions on slide number 12, if you do not mind. Thank you, Miss Alicia. I'm keeping you on your toes today, aren't I? All right, so here is the question that you can always ask. What am I learning that's brand new? What is my new practice that I am doing? And then how am I selflessly serving? These three areas will tell you if you're actually growing. And if you can't fill in those blanks, then you will probably not actually be growing. There is importance here. Competence, confidence, and character are the three elements of success in your life. And the more that you have of each, the more impact you can make. But if you can't say, I'm actually learning this, or I'm actually putting this into practice, or I'm actually serving somebody besides for myself. If you can't answer one of those three questions, then you are probably sitting in a place where stagnation is setting in. This is a warning, not a judgment. Get in there and get involved. Don't let it be something that happens to you. So very quickly, instead of going through each one person by person, side by side, I'm gonna go to slide number 17, and I wanna talk about three ways that we can move forward, and I'm gonna hit them like this. Here's what we can do. We begin with pleasing God first. Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. That is the way that you spell joy, and those are the priorities that you and I can find joy in our life. And then we begin with the end in mind. That means that we make the, the choices not according to the moment and how we feel in the moment, but what we want to feel when we look back. We want to say, you know what? I'm proud of what I did. I can stand by that decision that I made. 
because I didn't give in to the, the passion of the moment or the frustration of the moment or the, the down of the moment, but instead I stood strong and I lived according to my principles and my values. And then how else can we set priorities and go forward? We can stay in motion and grow to the very end. Again, I say, if you're still here, God's still got something for you yet to do. And that is important that we do not miss that. Now, here's where you apply this message. So here we go, an IRA flyby. You identify your goal and what that looks like. You set a reminder to check and adjust, fixing those things that are giving off, and then you be transformed by the renewing of your mind through prayer, through scripture, through mindset, and having those mantras of, you know what, I'm not gonna lose my mind here. God's got this. He's gonna take care of me. And so in all of these things, these are how we become a new creation. This is how we fight the good fight of faith, and this is how we, to the very end, make a difference and make an impact. Now, you might think to yourself, well, Randy, this is awfully late in February to still be talking about the New Year stuff. Okay, I get it, I understand. But it is not just about New Year's. There is a passage of scripture that I learned when I was a little kid called Second uh, Peter 3.18, it says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I've known that verse of scripture ever since I was a little kid. And here's what I know, that God would always have us to continually be growing, not just simply being satisfied or staying stagnant or growing jaded. He wants something different for all of us. There is a passage of scripture that reminds us of that in 2 Corinthians, and this is where I'm ending. This passage of scripture from 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. You've heard this passage before, right? Many of you have heard this passage before, but here's what I wanna ask you. You've heard this passage but the question that I have for you is not, have you heard it? But do you live it? Because if you and I have the name of Christ in our lives, if we're called Christ followers, if we're known to be Christ followers, people are going to judge us and say, is that something that is worthwhile? Is that something that is inspiring? Is that something that is a change that I want in my own life? Again, I say, his word tells us that if we are walking in Christ as we are supposed to, we will show signs of being a new creation, not just simply the natural man doing natural things, whatever comes natural. But there is a touch of the supernatural in your relationships and in your interactions, your your kindnesses, your, your, your things that you want and aspire to, the things that you are willing to attempt and move towards, and they all have a touch of the supernatural because you are in Christ, and because of that, you are a new creation. If it's not happening in your life, if you can't see it as different than what you would be on your own, I encourage you, if you are in Christ as you should be, if you're walking with him as you should, there should be signs. There should be ways that you can see, this is how I'm different. These are the different decisions. 
These are the different attitudes. These are the different actions. These are the different goals that I have because Christ lives in me and has made me a new creation. If you can't find it, I challenge you today. There is satisfaction in growing in Christ and fighting the good fight of faith to the very end. Do not be satisfied or comfortable, but instead forgetting those things which are behind and straining towards those things which are ahead. We all should press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. That is what he has said for us. That is what he has ordained for us. And that is what we should embrace for him. Heavenly Father, please help us to be people who move forward and move ahead knowing that you will accomplish what you need to. You will change what we need. And the things that we do not yet have without you, you will provide for us because you make all things new. May we be new and may we do new things as we move forward in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's check out this video.